Hi, this is Jeff in Saxe, Texas, and just like Bob, I'm a tactical guy, and I like a tactical podcast. Uh, Jeff, wait a minute. That's practical guy and practical podcast. Oh, never mind. Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 589 to be exact. This is April 3rd, 2022. I am going to talk this week about practical guns. This show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment, makers of the best appendix carry holsters on the planet and they offer the best appendix carry training. Yes, you probably should get some training if you're going to appendix carry your handgun. I'm holding in my hand right now the uh, Keeper's Holster, and this thing is phenomenal. I just did a YouTube video right before recording this podcast, and I showed some of these holsters, and I also showed uh, some of the guns I use in these holsters Check them out, Keepers Concealment, and also become a member of CCW Safe and get the best legal protection. You got to have legal protection if you carry your gun for self-defense every day. So what is a practical gun? Well, I think a practical gun is one, first of all, that doesn't cost a whole lot of money. I recently did a show on expensive guns, and I got a lot of downloads on that. So now let me talk a little bit about practical guns. Most practical guns are not real expensive. Uh, And that's one thing that makes them practical. You guys know I am not ex-law enforcement. I'm not ex-military. I'm not even an industry insider in the gun industry. I'm just an everyday guy. And now for 11 years I've been doing this show. Is that right? No. 2009. Oh, goodness. Almost 12 years. 13 years. Huh? What am I thinking? I can't even add these days. I started in August of 2009. Episode 1 was that long ago. So this August is going to be 13 years. It's all because of you listeners. Thank you very much. And so I'm holding a keeper's holster. And it's for a Glock 19. Now I want to say that I think the Glock 19 is one of the most practical guns. I'm not saying it is the most practical gun but it's one of them it's very practical because i think that a practical gun also serves many different roles and there's a lot of different things you can do with it with a glock 19 you can have two guns in one and i'm going to talk about that here Uh, right now i'm holding in my hand i showed this on youtube so please subscribe to my youtube channel i'll put a link in the show notes i have a 22 long rifle upper on my Glock 19. I got a 22 upper on it. And it really makes this a cool gun because I can turn this thing into a 22 caliber instantly just by taking the original upper off the gun and putting on my advantage arms conversion to a 22. The really nice thing about that is let's say I'm teaching a new shooter like my wife or like anybody else, my son or my stepsons, 
when I'm teaching a new shooter, I like to put the Advantage Arms 22 on here because it's so much easier to teach a new shooter with a 22 caliber. For me, I like to practice with 22. I like to go to some competition matches with a 22 and practice with 22. And I'm practicing with one of my concealed carry guns. My Glock 19, my nicely modified Glock 19. So that's what's really cool. I use my trigger, I use my grip, my mag release, my slide release, everything. And I'm practicing with 22. When ammo is really expensive and in short supply, I've got a pretty good stack of 22. So in my mind, that's a practical gun. And then when I'm done shooting 22, I can put the put the uh, 9mm upper back on this Glock 19 and boom, it's back to concealed carry configuration. Because I would not, in defense of my life, carry a 22 if there are better choices. There are some people, that's all they've got is a 22. You know somebody like that? God bless them. If that's all they've got and that's all that they can get, it's better than nothing at all. But it would never be my first choice. But it's a great training system to have an advantage arms conversion. So that makes this a practical gun. Another practical gun I want to talk about is uh, my Glock 43X. Now, I'm not all about Glocks. I have, you guys have heard me say, I've got two Shadow Systems pistols. And I've got two SIGs, and I got a Ruger. Uh, what else do I have here in terms of handguns? I have a Car Arms handgun. So I'm not all about Glocks, but Glocks are some of the most practical guns. M&Ps are very practical. You can get 22 conversions for M&Ps. They don't cost a lot of money. Matter of fact, most Smith & Wesson M&Ps, they're less expensive than their Glock competitors. But why do I think the Glock 43X is a practical gun? Well, it kind of just feels like a real slim Glock 19. And if you have a Glock 48, it really is a slim Glock 19. And you can buy Shield Arms 15-round magazines that are the same size. They're flush-fitting. That's what's really cool. They're flush-fitting magazines, and it bumps the capacity up to 15 rounds. That's a pretty practical set up and a practical gun wouldn't you agree with that so that's one thing i like about it and and it's so much thinner but it shoots to me it shoots like a glock 19 especially the glock 48 that thing really shoots extremely well one of the best shooting guns that i've ever had a chance to uh to own and and shoot it's really a a pretty cool gun now other practical guns I showed this on my YouTube channel as well. My Ruger LCP2. I think it's a really practical gun. I'm holding that in my hand right now, and I showed that on my YouTube channel. The reason I think this thing is so practical is, first of all, the LCP, the two version, the second version, I know that there's now, I think, a, a Ruger LCP Max, I believe. Uh, I'm not talking about the Max. I'm talking about the Gen 2. Uh, it's got an excellent grip. It has usable sights. And it's extremely small and pocketable. Very practical gun, in my opinion. The only limitation is it's 380. But I got some pretty good hard-hitting 380 ammo. 
And there's a lot of good hard-hitting 380 ammo out there that is very good stuff. And I think it's going to do the job. Recently, a listener asked me about 380. And I talked about that on a recent episode. And I talked about what I think of the 380. It's not going to be my first choice of a gun again if I can carry a 9mm. I end up carrying a lot. Probably the most carried gun that I have. The most carried gun by me, carried by me in my collection, is a Sig P365. I carry that gun more than any other gun I carry. Now, if I want a sizable gun, my Shadow Systems MR920 is what I carry. And it's basically the exact same size as a Glock 19. Somebody on YouTube told me that I should talk to uh, Concealment Solutions and Keeper's Concealment about making holsters for Shadow Systems guns. Well, they do. Both these holster makers that are my sponsors, they make good holsters for Shadow Systems all all shadow systems guns fit in glock holsters i have a i have several glock 19 holsters glock 17 holsters and even a glock 34 holster for competition guess what my shadow systems guns fit in those holsters so that's another reason why they're very practical guns but i wouldn't say the shadow systems i wouldn't put them in the practical ca- category because of the cost i wouldn't put them in there because of the costs but they're just fantastic guns. I can't say anything. Uh, I mean, I can't say anything bad about the Shadow Systems guns. I've been totally pleased. They're worth every dollar of my investment. And no, they are not a sponsor. It's just a personal endorsement because I use their products. But the Ruger LCP2, a very practical gun. Gun. The Glock 43X, a very practical gun. Doesn't cost a whole lot of money. A Smith & Wesson Shield, I think, probably the Smith & Wesson Shield is the most practical gun you can own. Uh, that I mean, that's just, it's awesome. You know, Smith & Wesson hit an out-of-the-park home run when they came out with the Shield. And now even the Shield Plus, I've not had a chance to fire one. But I want to. But I think Smith & Wesson... And that's why they sold so much. They just absolutely uh, made a fantastic firearm. It's an incredibly practical gun. You can buy a Shield. You can buy a Shield 2.0 right now or a Shield Plus for a very reasonable price. Everybody makes holsters for that gun. It's in a 9mm, which is just fine. Uh, It's a great shooting gun. It's stone cold reliable just like a glock so uh that that i would say that's probably a smith and wesson shield is probably at the top of my list for practical guns because you can do anything with it especially if you get the shield plus you can pretty much do anything you want with that gun you can carry it you can compete with it you can go to the range and plink around and have a whole lot of fun with it you can do just about anything a Glock 19 does get a little bit large for some people. It's a little bit too large to carry for some folks. I get that. Uh, in fact, like I said, sometimes I'm carrying my P365, and it probably gets carried more than any other gun that I have because of the size, because of the excellent 
capacity. When I carry my P365, I use the 12, I carry the 12 round magazine. The 12 round magazine. I don't like the flush fitting magazine because I can't get a good enough grip on the handgun. The 12 round magazine is just perfect because I can get a full grip on the gun and it conceals well. I've put a 15 round magazine in my P365 and I don't like that because it just makes the grip too large, too big, too big for what it is. A P365 is supposed to be a small concealable gun. I also have a P365 XL. What an amazing handgun. I wouldn't put it in the practical category though because of its price and lack of versatility. For example, you know, you can't, to the best of my knowledge, you can't convert that thing to a 22, uh, or you can't, you know, do anything else with it except shoot it pretty much the way it is. Um, so I, I, because of the cost is mainly why most people would probably shy away from that gun because of the cost, the, the SIG series. Matter of fact, almost all SIGs. I think Smith & Wesson M&P, I think Glock, a couple of other manufacturers out there hit the nail on the head when it comes to practical guns. If you like revolvers, you can't get much more practical than a Smith & Wesson 642. I mean, that's just a, it's a, an extremely useful gun. Not an easy gun to shoot, but once you do learn to shoot something like that, or even a Ruger SP-101 in 357 Magnum, that might be a really practical gun because it's easy to shoot that especially with 38 specials easy to carry a three inch barreled revolver could be one of the best practical guns out there you know with a three inch barrel it's got a big enough barrel to where you got some extra sight radius i mean a long enough barrel is what i meant to say you got some extra sight radius and it's concealable and it's not too heavy uh, i wouldn't think something like a big you know five-inch revolver, six-inch revolver. Uh, hey, they're fun. They're just a lot of fun. And they're great if you want to go out and hunt with a with a hand, with a revolver or something like that. But just not real practical to carry. Personally, I don't think that a full-size all-steel 1911 is a very practical gun. And no, I don't hate 1911s. Contrary to what some people say, oh, Bob, he hates 1911s. No, I don't. No, I used to have a couple of 1911s, and I really liked them, and I think I think 1911s are a fantastic gun. I just found better guns for me and for my uh, practical mindset, my everyday guy mindset. But here's the good thing about 1911s. Most of them can easily be customized, and you can customize that thing in almost any way you wish. You can get the aluminum frame 1911s that are a little bit lighter and more concealable, and they're pretty practical. I'd say a commander-sized 1911 aluminum frame, uh, that, that's a pretty practical gun, too. I, I would have to say that's a pretty practical gun, okay? But I think you get my point, and I don't want to overdo this subject, but that's the subject that I wanted to lead with and be uh, the first thing out of the box for this 
episode. The next part of this episode is brought to you by Concealment Solutions, and I love their holsters. I've been carrying Concealment Solutions holsters now for years and years and years, and everybody knows, I've talked about this a long time, my Cobra Outside the Waistband holster this is what I use most of the time. And I like to put my Shadow Systems MR920 in there because it fits a Glock 19 holster. And that is my primary carry method. Even when I carry my 365 or my 365 XL, guess what? It either goes into a Concealment Solutions Cobra outside the waistband or it goes into a Keeper's Concealment appendix inside the waistband holster. From Concealment Solutions, if you want to order their holsters, the mag carriers, the mag holders, they have great belts. I wore one of their Conceal Carry Dress belts. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. You get a 10% discount by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is practical living. Since I just talked about practical guns, now... I'd like to talk a little bit about practical living. I'm kind of a minimalist. I'm not 100% minimalist, but I lean that way. And most of you know I'm a preparedness mindset kind of guy. I'm a survival kind of guy. A no tin foil hat, keep it rooted in common sense kind of a survival guy. My family and I just recently finished planting a 150 square foot garden and we live in the suburbs we live in the suburbs of san antonio so we don't have a whole bunch of land you know i'm I'm not talking about like i got you know 20 acres of land i don't know i'm in the suburbs and i think my lot size is something like 4,000 square feet or 5,000 square feet something like that. that's not very big i got a four bedroom two bath house on this lot in the suburbs but in my backyard I put a 150 square foot garden. It's actually five by 30. And I, you know, I've always liked gardening. When I was 12 years old, I helped my mom. We used to have a a quarter of an acre garden. Imagine that, quarter of an acre. That's a big garden, man. That's a big garden. We lived out in the country, 13 acres. And we grew a lot of our own food. In fact, we grew a whole lot of food. Lots and lots of vegetables and fruit. We raised our own cattle for meat. We raised pigs once in a while. Lots of chickens, lots of ducks, occasionally turkeys. When I was a kid, folks, my mom got the idea that we were going to be super healthy and drink goat's milk. So I grew up drinking goat's milk. I bet you didn't know that. I milked a goat by hand. For many years and it was great well i tell you what i remember when i was a kid we got used to drinking goat's milk and then as soon as we switched over to drinking cow's milk ugh, we thought what is this tastes like water goat's milk's good it's he- it's healthy i don't really drink too much milk anymore though because i really don't believe too much in in drinking milk anymore but when i was a kid my parents sure did but anyway I got used to gardening starting when I was about 12 years old. And it's just something that stuck with me. Uh, So we just just started this garden. And it's, it's our goal 
It's you know here's one of the things. I'm not starting this garden because because it might be the only thing I have to eat. Although I'll tell you what, if you look at the way the world is going, uh, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it's all we had to eat for a while. What came out of our garden? So hey, I am preparing, right? I'm preparing. And with the cost of food right now, because of all this ridiculous inflation that we have here in the USA and pretty much all over the world, well, if we can cut back our cost of vegetables, that's going to be great. So we planted all kinds of stuff. And it was a family experience. And here's one of the things about practical living. I'm going to be doing a video on this pretty soon. So be looking for that. Be looking for that on my YouTube channel. And so, you know, it's a good family bonding experience doing this. And I think garden is good for the mind, the body, and the soul. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We had to bring in 21 bags of good soil because I wasn't pleased with the soil in our backyard. So in our garden space, we added a bunch of soil, 21 bags. That still wasn't enough. I think we should have done more, but... I kind of ran out and kind of spent spent the budget, spent the budget for this month. And we got a lot of stuff planted in there. We got cabbage, we got cucumbers, we got Brussels sprouts, beans, carrots, tomatoes, lots of them, peppers. My family has to have peppers. I hate peppers, but the rest of my family loves peppers. So got to put peppers in there, some dill, uh, because we like to use dill in some of our cooking and things like that so I think pretty soon you know here it's April 3rd and our growing season here in South Texas pretty much starts the middle of March so I'm almost three weeks late but that's okay I think in about 30 days we're going to have some pretty cool stuff coming out of our garden and this is just an example of practical living common sense survivalism you can do a lot with a small space you can do a lot. And even if you live in the suburbs like me, I'm in the San Antonio city limits and I have a garden. There's no reason you can't have a garden unless you live like in an apartment or some kind of a condo or townhome where you don't have a yard. But even if you do, if you live in an apartment or a condo or townhome, you can have a garden in pots, right? Couldn't you put a whole bunch of pots out on your porch and maybe grow some tomatoes or something like that? Uh... Even just kind of do it as a hobby and do just to take your mind off of things. I'll tell you what, if you're stressed out, plant a garden or put some plants in a pot and start to grow them and, and look at the fruits of your labor when they start to grow. It's amazing. That, that's going to kind of give you, I don't know, it just seems to do something for the mind and the body and the soul. And if you, if you can do a garden like mine, 150 square feet, it's a lot of work. You get a lot of exercise. And uh, it's something to pay attention to other than to get you off your iPhone, you know, get you off your iPhone, get you off your tablet, get you off your computer or away from the stupid TV that's full of a bunch of trash anyway. And, and spend an hour or two uh, getting a garden started. How about that? It's easy. You can find all kinds of stuff on YouTube about how to grow some plants and grow some of your own food and things like that. I mean, it's really something, and, and I don't mind talking about this, you know, some people might say, oh, Bob, what a sissy, you have a garden? I don't care if you think I'm a sissy, you think I'm a sissy, and you want to give me a hard time about it, that's fine, I don't care, I got a thick skin, 
You know, I don't think having a garden is a sissy. I think having a garden is a prudent, smart, practical move. Just the same reason why I carry a gun. I carry a gun because I, I can't carry one of those cops. And so because I can't carry one of those cops, I carry what a cop carries, which is a gun. It's my rights, my Second Amendment right. It's protected in the United States Constitution. My right to own and carry and bear a firearm is protected. Uh, my self-defense self right's a God-given right. I have a right to life. I got a right to life and so do you, right? And I think that's why people in the Second Amendment community say that it's a God-given right because we have a right to life and we have a right to protect our lives. In fact, you guys know I'm a Christian. I'm a strong man of faith and I, I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I read the Bible, the Bible is really a lot there's a lot in there about preserving life. Uh, yeah, there's a lot about your eternal life, but there's also a lot about, you know, making sure that you preserve your life and the life and the loved life of your loved ones. And it's about taking care. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible about taking care of your family. And I think when the strong man comes to hurt me or hurt my family, I don't think it's against God to protect me and protect my family. And I, ha I read the Bible a lot, folks, and I have never seen anything in there where God says, don't defend yourself. Jesus did teach to turn the other cheek. So he did teach to try to de-escalate. De-escalation. That's what he was about. Uh, you know, Jesus did not say that violence was the first answer to every kind of a threatening problem. And I don't recall him ever saying never to use any deadly force if you're about to die. So there you go. So my Second Amendment right is protected by the United States Constitution. And one of the things that kind of irritates me a little bit as some people say things they'll say something like this the constitution gives me my right to carry a gun i'm going to say no it does not no document or piece of paper gives you rights you already have the right the constitution in the united states of america protects my right it keeps the government from interfering with my right. It tells the government, hands off. Don't screw with my Second Amendment rights. And a lot of them. The first ten amendments pretty much clearly lays out what rights you already have. And it stops the government from interfering. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, we've allowed the government... To infringe upon these rights. Have we not? I mean a concealed carry license. Forcing somebody to get a concealed carry license. That's an infringement on their already given second amendment right. That's an infringement on their constitutional rights. Because getting a concealed carry license is you having to ask the government. For a permit and pay the government money. And take a test to get that permit. 
that's an infringement because if you don't pay the money you don't take a test and you don't pass it you don't get the right and that is not the way it's supposed to be in the United States of America and some states still today in 2022 they do some states do a pretty good job of denying you your right to carry a gun or certain types of firearms and they make it so difficult for you to get a license a stupid license, a permission slip from the government. What are we? Are we fifth graders? Right? A fifth grader has to have a permission slip to do something outside of the class, right? That's kinda like what the government's doing to us in the states where where they don't where they're not shall issue states. They're making you get a permission slip. You know, you're you're a twenty one year old or older responsible adult and you have no felony convictions. And you're a responsible person, you've got the right. And you don't need no stupid permission slip from a government. But that's what some states are doing. That's what some countries do around the world. I have a lot of international listeners. That's amazing. I got people from other countries listening to me. I get emails from them. Some of them are in Sweden, some of them are in England, some of them are in Australia. Some from the Philippines, where my wife is from. Some of them listen to me. Uh, I even think I had a listener a listener emailed me once, I think from South Africa. And, you know, I'm, I'm honored, folks, that you listen. And I'm disturbed that some of you live in countries that don't allow you to properly defend yourself. It forces me to appreciate the rights... I have here in the USA and especially in the great state of Texas where I live. Um, sometimes I take this for granted. Texas just went to constitutional carry if you didn't know, especially some of you uh, that listen to me from outside the USA. In the state of Texas, we now have constitutional carry, which means we no longer need a license as long as we're 21 years of age and we do not have a felony conviction. We are allowed to carry a gun concealed or open it's the way it should be everywhere everywhere in the world that's the way it should be so i don't take for granted this sometimes i sometimes i think i do i think i do and i kind of make a mistake when i do that what do you think about that what do you think about practical living what do you think about doing things like starting a garden being smart with your money being, you know, fastidious about how you spend your time. Learning skills. Learning skills is practical. Not just shooting skills, but learning a lot of different skills. Like if you're going to start a garden or learning a skill like fixing your car or whatever. That's all practical living, isn't it? So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can... Get on Facebook or Twitter, make a comment. I always post every show to Facebook. And there's lots of ways to get a hold of me. Please join my Patreon club. Uh, I need more Patreon supporters. I do have a couple sponsors, but I could use some more support to keep this show going and doing some of the things that I want to do with it. So consider for as little as three bucks a month. I just put a new video up there. There's a lot of good videos up there at Patreon. 
patreon.com slash handgunworld. I still have an active Amazon affiliate link. And take a look at some of the products in my store there. They're products that I highly recommend. And you don't have to buy one, but if you use one of my links to do your Amazon shopping, I get a little bit of income from that too. And it's, it's a way you can support my show without having to spend any extra money. That's it, folks. Thanks very much for tuning in to Practical Guns and Practical Living here on the Handgun World Podcast. Remember to shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.